Live from the bridge at the Launchpad Studios in Huntington, New York, it's Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Cardboard Memories, Clearview, Long Island, the law firm of Decalator, Cohen, and DePrisco, the Phoenix Tube Company, Pims Incorporated, fueling brand performance for 30 years, Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, and Soho Table Hockey. Here are your hosts, Mark and AJ. Joining us now is a man who grew up in the Bronx. While a junior, he led Truman High School in Co-op City to the state championship and was ranked as one of the top 10 high school recruits in the nation. He was a college star at DePaul University where he appeared in 87 games. As a junior, he was a first-team All-American, a 1987 and 1988 All-American pick. He helped lead the Blue Demons on three straight NCAA tournament appearances, including Sweet 16 showings in 1986 and 87. He ranked among the school's career leaders in scoring average assistance steals. He would go on to play over a thousand games in the NBA and is currently the head coach at Long Island University. It is a pleasure to welcome the New York Knicks first round 19th overall pick in the 1988 NBA draft, the one and only Hot Rod Strickland to Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Rod. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Let's go back to your time at Truman High School where you played under Coach Steve Lapis in your junior year. You would switch from a shooting guard to a point guard. What were some of the things you learned from Coach Lapis and playing and winning a state championship? Well, I don't think I was ever switched position-wise. We had a point guard, Tyrone Joy, which one of my close friends. He was actually the, the real point guard, even though, I mean, obviously I handled the ball a lot. Uh, but I... I'll just say this, Truman probably was one of the best, purest basketball times of my life. Uh, had a great time there. I loved the Truman fans, or, or and, and I've, I've created so many great friendships uh, from Truman. And then Lap was great. You know, Lap, Steve Lapis, who's gone on to do great things. But he was a great coach, put in a great system, and we were able to do some great things. So basketball has always been referred to here in New York as the city's game. Can you talk a little bit about your experiences growing up in New York and playing on the playgrounds and how that helped mold you as a player? Yes, I'll tell everyone, you know, New York made me uh, just that competitive environment uh, every day. I mean, whether it was a tournament or you just went outside in the park, you know, there was someone there competing against you. Someone thought they were better than you. Uh, and it just created a competitive atmosphere. And then in New York back then, as a young guy, I played with a lot of older guys. So I learned how to play. I learned how to, well, I learned to stay on the court. I had to help them. I had to get those guys shots and we had to win. So I think that was embedded in me early. As a senior, you transferred to Oak Hill Academy in Virginia. What went into that decision as you're already one of the top 10 high school recruits as it is, why the decision to, to transfer? Well, the Oak Hill decision was, was primarily uh, academics. You know, I had to get better academically. And then uh, Coach Lapis went to Villanova. He got an assistant coach job at Villanova. And I was super comfortable with him. And then they brought in a new coach. And I just felt like I needed a different environment, uh, number one, basically to get my academics and I needed to get away from the city to do that. 
So it's interesting because you, you mentioned Villanova. If I remember correctly, Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Villanova, and Georgia were some of the colleges that offered you scholarships. What was it about DePaul and Coach Joey Meyer, um, legendary Ray Meyer's son, that made them your choice? Yeah, so it's interesting with them because I don't they didn't really have to recruit me. Like I was such a DePaul fan. They were on TV all the time. Back then, you know, we didn't have all these stations and everybody wasn't on TV a lot. And I think we played seven games a year on NBC and CBS. Then they also had a station called WGN, which was nationwide. So going to DePaul, I knew I was going to be on TV every game. And I wanted to be seen. I wanted people people to watch me play. Uh, And then I loved their style of play. You know, they played up and down, transition. And I knew at that time my game, my strength was in the open court. Uh, and then they were a top 10 program. You know, uh, you know, it was a lot of tradition at DePaul when I went there. So we mentioned in the open about your individual success there, as well as the team successes. They're pretty good programs, you know, and it, sometimes it's cyclical. Sometimes they'll be in tournaments for years and then they'll, they'll have a dry spell. How important is it to a player's development to be in that tournament? And what are some of the things that you learn as you go deeper into the NCAA tournament as a player? Well, I mean, the tournament is special because you have a lot of eyes on you. You know, I mean, everyone watches college basketball throughout the year. But when the NCAA tournament comes, uh, you know, it's a whole new focus and a whole new intensity. Uh, And it's an experience. It puts you in a a pressure situation. And you get to kind of gauge yourself and see where you're at as a player, as a team, uh, at the highest level in college basketball. So because of that exposure, you're selected in the first round, 1988 NBA draft, by your hometown team, the New York Knicks. Um, You backed up point guard Mark Jackson, uh, the 1988 NBA Rookie of the Year. Seemed like an odd choice for the Knicks since they had Mark Jackson, but Coach Rick Pitino had you and Mark sharing your time that season and your name to the NBA All-Rookie's second team on that team as well, Um, a team that finished first in the Atlantic Division that year. What is your biggest takeaway from your your rookie season and playing for your hometown team? Well, I I guess, you know, after looking back, I wish I would have played longer. I wish I was a little more patient. (laughs) Uh, And I wish I had the opportunity to play with Mark side by side more. You know, I basically played behind him and came off the bench, which is is something I didn't want. You know, I, I wanted to have my own team. But I would have loved to play with Mark or as a backcourt partner more. I think the times that we did play together, we were really good. Uh, you know, we got an open court, kind of played to the crowd and also won games. Uh, so I, I, I think if I look back, I probably would have been a little more patient and uh, tried to make it work a little more. After two seasons, the Knicks had a dilemma. The two very similar the very New York-centric players in Ewan Jackson, who of course had a St. John's pedigree. The Knicks kept Jackson and dealt you. You wanted to play 15 more seasons in the NBA. Do you ever wonder how your career might have turned out had the Knicks dealt Jackson and kept you? Oh, it would have been amazing. I think about that all the time. And not just if they would have traded Mark, but just in general, I think about that. I mean, New York is a unique city. You know, obviously I grew up here. Uh, 
And I, I think it would have been incredible. I, I do. I, I do have thoughts of that. <laughs> yes. But it's interesting because after those two seasons, they, they moved on, as AJ said. They trade you to San Antonio for veteran uh, Maurice Cheeks in the middle of the 89-90 season. And you actually flourish in San Antonio. The Spurs go 18-6 and six with you in the starting lineup. You led the Spurs in assists 25 times and averaged 12.3 points and 11 assists in those 10 playoff games under once again, another legendary coach, Larry Brown. Uh, you're there for David Robinson's rookie season as well. What was it about San Antonio and Coach Brown that allowed you to to play so well there after being traded from the Knicks? Well, in San Antonio, I mean, I had a, a, a nice young, uh, I wouldn't say supporting cast, but I had a nice young cast of, of players. I mean, obviously, David Robinson, you had Sean Elliott, you had Willie Anderson, then you had vets like Terry Cummings. But in San Antonio and on the West Coast, especially at that time, the West Coast got up and down the court more, more in transition. So I had a lot of young legs, and I had young legs. So uh, uh, it, was a, it was an exciting team uh, because we pushed the ball. We pushed the pace all the time. And then you had the great David Robinson behind you. So you can extend defensively and not worry about things. So it, it was a fun pace. So before the start of the 92-93 season, you signed as a free agent with the Portland Trailblazers. And despite the, the regular season successes you have in Portland, the Trailblazers never advance out of that first round in the playoffs, despite you averaging 17 points and 8.6 assists per game. As you mentioned, um, some of the things that molded you playing the city's game is you, you got to win just to stay on the court. How frustrating was it to have some of your best personal years but not having the team win and go further in the playoffs how frustrating were those four seasons well I mean it's always frustrating because I mean everyone wants to win a championship and everyone everyone wants to go deep into the playoffs but the reality is that most don't uh so I mean yeah it was frustrating and I think there was some you know we had some tough breaks you know I remember going to Portland my first year I was coming off the bench and Portland had just finished playing in the championship. I don't know if it was the Detroit series or the Bulls series. I think it was Detroit. But they had everyone back. And off the bench, it was me, Cliff Robinson, Mark Bryant, and Mario Eli. And so we had nine strong players. And I, I want to say we started out maybe 6-0, 8-0, and then Clyde got hurt. And once Clyde, you know, the great Clyde Drexler got hurt, things changed. But I was really looking forward to that season. I thought we could have done some great things. So you and teammate Harvey Grant are traded to the Washington Bullets for Rasheed Wallace and Mitchell Butler in 1996. In your first season in Washington, you averaged 17.2 points per game, and you have 8.9 assists per game, and you helped the Bullets make the playoffs in 1997, which was the first time they did it in eight seasons. What was being part of that run in that city like after eight years of that fan base waiting for a playoff? Uh, it was a good period. Uh, I, I think the best part of it was having the opportunity to play with Chris Webber and Jawan Howard, you know, guys, the young guys from the Fab Five who had a lot of energy and a lot of uh, talent. Uh, but I, I, I enjoyed Washington. I wish we could have kept kept the team together longer. I think we uh, prematurely got rid of Chris Webber and then things kind of turned the other way. Uh, Probably showed the greatness of Chris Weber, 
Uh, but but my years in Washington were good years. So you round out your career with a return to Portland and then stops with the Miami Heat, Minnesota Timberwolves, Orlando Magic, Raptors, and the Rockets, finishing your career with over 14,000 points, nearly 8,000 assists. Looking back at your playing career, what is the one thing that you're most proud of? Uh, I mean, I played 17 years, and I actually played with some different teams. I think just the ability to persevere, to adapt, uh, and I think it has a lot. It had a lot to do with my basketball background. You know, the coaching that I had when I was younger, Dave McCollins, who coached me with the New York Gauchos, and you know, I think it all started there. But I think just being able to play 17 years in the NBA—that's a blessing. And I don't know how many people can say that. So I think I'm proud of that. I mean, I was all NBA second team one year. I led the league in assists. Uh, you know, so I did. I think I, I mean, 13th all time in assists at this point. I retired at sixth. I was 19 in steals when I retired. I don't know where I'm at now. But so I think I've had some pretty good accomplishments. In September 2008, you're inducted into the New York City Basketball Hall of Fame along with Kenny Anderson, Sam Perkins, and Pete Gillen. But also inducted at the same time, and amazingly there for the ceremony, was 98-year-old Lou Lulu Bender, who led Columbia to the 1930-1931 Ivy League titles and barnstormed throughout the 1930s before retiring and becoming a lawyer. Did you get a chance to spend any time with Bender? What do you remember about the ceremony? Uh, I didn't get any, I didn't get a chance to spend any time with him. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, the ceremony was pretty, pretty, pretty neat. Uh, you know, just being from New York and, and being uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. I mean, it was a great experience. And then also to be there with Kenny Anderson, who's, who, who was a young guy that even when I was in the NBA, we watched him and we were in awe of him because he was special. So to go in there with Kenny was, was, uh, was a treat for sure. So we hear so much that the NBA is a point guard's leagues now. As a former point guard, do you enjoy that those players are, are playing a more prominent role, uh, especially uh, your godson, Kyrie Irving? Uh, I mean, you know, I'm a point guard, so I'm biased. You know, I think point guards are everything. <laughs> uh, uh, I think that's the head uh, to the snake, you know. Uh, I think we're supposed to see everything. Uh, make sure everything is 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 aligned. Make sure play, make sure other players are in position to score. Uh, but I think the point guard is everything. So I love watching point guards. And you know, Kyrie. You know, people may say I'm biased, but the most skilled player I've, I've ever seen in my life. And I think we can talk about Steph and Isaiah Thomas, but Kyrie has a special special gift. And I also love CP3, John Morant, you know, and all the other great point guards. I know you helped raise Kyrie. You've known his family since Kyrie was in third grade, and you first saw him dribble a ball in his backyard. Has he sought any advice from you amid the controversies over his vaccine status, keeping him from playing games, and his decision not to opt out of his next contract? Well, we talk, uh, and we have conversations uh, from time to time. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, it's hard to explain, but, I mean, we just talk life. Obviously, we talk basketball. We do have conversations about those kind of things. Uh, but I, I'm, I have a different take on it to some degree. You know, I just, especially the vaccine part, uh, 
you know, I think there's there are people out in, in this world who have an issue or, or I shouldn't say an issue, but have some feelings about getting the vaccine. I don't I don't think I was one that wanted to get the vaccine, uh, but I, I, I wound up getting it. I think it was a lot job related, uh, but I'm fine with it. But, I'm, you know, I mean, I respect people who don't want to take the vaccine. And so some of that criticism, I don't know, I think it's unwarranted, but it is what it is. Uh, he's a great young man. He does a lot for his community. He does a lot for his family. He empowers women. Like, he does a lot of great things. Uh, the criticism he gets in this basketball game, sometimes I think is I mean, he's no saint. I'm not going to act like, you know, he hasn't made any mistakes. But, I mean, this is a gifted young man who can do a lot of great things on that basketball court. And he also does a lot of great things off the court. So, again, I don't know. I'm, and, again, maybe I'm biased, but I just I think it's overkill. I think it's a bit much. But it is what it is, and, and it sells. Most recently, for taking the LIU job, you have, to me, is a really interesting assignment in the NBA's G League. As a transition to accepting players who opted out of college, your job was essentially to help the players develop into adults as well as professional athletes. How well do you think that facet of the G League has worked? Were there any unexpected bumps in the road? Uh, it was a great job. I loved it. Uh, it was a hard decision to leave it. Leave it. Uh, I, you know, I, I thought it was it was a great option for young guys or young people who felt that they wanted to become pros. You know, it wasn't a situation where we were trying to say, don't go to college, come to the G. It was just a matter of, you know, I mean, we've seen it in the past where young guys have, have said, you know, have skipped college. Uh, but it was a great opportunity to help young people develop on and off the court. Uh, I think we gave them a pro or we give them a pro environment. Uh, the staff is full of professionals. You know, with Sharif, myself, Jason Hart, uh, Brian Shaw was the first coach. But you had professionals who have done it for a long time, understand it, you know, understand the, the, the vigors and the challenges and the mentality. Uh, you know, we just had a great understanding. And I think we gave them a great environment. And I think we helped them, you know, attain their, their dreams. And I think now basketball has changed. The landscape has changed. There's there's so many different ways to get to the NBA. It doesn't have to be the Power Five conferences. It doesn't have to be college. Uh, you know, there's different there's different spaces. And I think that's great for the young people, long as they don't you know misuse it and understand that you know the world revolves still around education. You have to be educated. You have to know what's going on. You have to know your surroundings. You have to be able to integrate yourself with business people. Uh, and I think if you if you take that approach and you really think it out, then you can make a great choice and a great decision. But basketball has changed. The landscape has changed. It's, it's not one particular place where you need to go to become a, a professional. So, you know, all of that, you know, the G League and various stops along the way, coaching, assistant coaching, lead you to this job. And upon your hiring at Long Island University, 
President Kimberly R. Klein said in a statement, Rod Strickland has demonstrated an eye for recruiting and developing student athletes, and we are confident he will elevate Long Island University's winning tradition to even greater heights. And I really think the second part is huge these days. Obviously, you need to have an eye for that talent, but bringing the best out of, of a player is truly an art form. What are some of the things coaches can do that can develop a player with raw talent at the college level to get him ready for the pros? Well, I don't know. I just think it's a matter of caring, <laughs> of wanting to do that and putting in the work to do that. Uh, you know, I mean, I've been a basketball player all my life. I've been in basketball in some kind of capacity all my life. Uh, and I know what development means. Uh, and I know it's diligent. You know, you have to study players. You have to, you know, figure out their tendencies. and You have to be willing to not just put them on the court to help them with their strengths that may help you, but let's figure out their weaknesses and let's develop them and get them better in those categories. Uh, and, and it's a relationship base. You know, young people got to know you care about them and you're in the foxhole with them and you want them to win. You want them to get better. Uh, and so to me, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say it's that simple, but, you know, I just believe if, if you have the mindset to develop, you will develop. If you care and you want to be on the court and you take your time and you watch and you study and you're diligent, you know, you can help players get better. You know, I always say you can get better, you know, in a month, you know, two weeks. I mean, yeah, you might not be the best, you know, you're at your best, but you want players to feel that growth like periodically you know and and i think if, like again again if you put the work in you create a culture of hard work and development you know it can happen what's the number one goal that you have here for liu uh number one goal is to number one I, like i said i always say i think relationships are everything and i think that relationship between me and those players is, is going to be vital and you know i want to create a culture of hard work competitiveness, you know, playing together, we win together, we lose together, you know, uh, set big goals uh, and, 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 and try to win games. Uh, but more importantly, like creating that culture that we're in this together uh, and we're going to play hard and we're going to compete. You have two sons playing college basketball, one of James Madison and the other who just transferred to Georgia Southern. Do you have any hope that either or both of them could make it to the NBA would you want them to? Uh, we don't like that's that's you know we I, I know they would love to play in the NBA. Uh, I try to give them their space to be them. You know, me being a former NBA player, sometimes people try to clump us together, and I try to give them their space. But they're young, they're talented, uh, they they work hard, uh, and 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 I hope they're able to attain the, their goals. But I try not to put any pressure on them because I really, honestly, I didn't put pressure on myself. You know, I, I think I've always tried to be understated and then try to deliver bigger. <laughs> and, you know, so I, I wish that same for them. Coach, we wish you nothing but the best of luck. AJ and I are definitely going to take in some of the, the games this season for sure. Thanks so much for your time today, as well as, you know, for your entire career, leaving it all out there on the court every single night. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Rod Strickland, former New York Knicks, NBA star, current LIU head coach.